Greyhound leader to trap one. Emergency alert to all radar stations. Welcome to the Trap One Podcast. I'm Mark McManus. Today I'm delighted to welcome Paul Driscoll to the podcast. Hi, Paul. Hi there. Pleasure to be here. So you just finished editing Masterpieces, the uh, charity short story anthology about all the different incarnations of the master. That's right, yeah. So yeah, how did you get involved long, in that? Long process. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, in the, the book goes back uh, at least three years, possibly four. Um, it, it, it was all the brainchild of Scott Claringbold, who I know that you know well. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott uh, put out a call for Masterpieces. And uh, I'd written... Um, for him and his other anthologies, he, he, he'd done one on the Schalke Doctor, which I was, I was delighted to write for, and then uh, another anthology he did called Relics. Um, so I jumped at the chance to, to get involved, and uh, the baton was passed on to me a couple of years ago, and uh, I've been uh, extending it and, and developing it and bringing in some more writers, so, and yep, it's finally here, three years on. That's it, yeah, I know, um, I was talking to Scott because we work in the same office and it was um, after the, uh, the, the the end of um, Capaldi's final season and we did the two-parter with the with Missy and the, the John Sim master that uh, did the, sort of the Monday after that he came into work and he'd had this idea, so uh, yeah, it was, it was sort of there at the genesis of it and a really cool idea and it feels very timely at the moment, I think that, that it's arrived now, whereas as big finish you've got Michelle Gomez uh, yeah. Eric Roberts and they've done some some stories they've done the the river the, the river song box set and then the recent ravenous four where they've uh, they've you know used all the different incarnations of the master and brought them together that's right well well I just finished writing the um, black archive on the TV movie and, and I put some comments in there about Eric Roberts and the fact that he hadn't appeared since and then they went and announced it in the middle of me writing that bit so uh, <laughs> do a quick rewrite of that section there. Uh, but, but it was good to, to hear him coming back. Um, a much underrated uh, incarnation of the master. A fantastic performance, I thought. Definitely, yeah. He's got he's just such a fantastic voice for audio as well, hasn't he? It, it really works. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, uh, but but what really attracted me to, to this was, was was the idea that uh, the Doctor wouldn't feature in 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 the stories, and and that. Um, when you think about the master of all the doctor's enemies, um, he's totally obsessed by the doctor. Everything he does is to get the doctor's attention or to wind the doctor up or, or, or to get some response, um, perhaps out of jealousy or, or whatever. And, and so the idea of, of writing a book where the doctor isn't actually present about the master, um, it, it sounded like quite a challenge. And, and, and that's really what attracted me to the initial idea. And, and I'm really delighted that Scott um, came up with it and uh, very lucky to have, have carried the baton and taken it on. Definitely, yeah. It's, I think it's an interesting idea because you've got, it's sort of the master, uh, you know, a lot of times he's got these evil plans. So mm-hmm. then if you've got a story without the doctor, does he mm-hmm. succeed? Does somebody else stop him? Does his own sort of just yeah. evil machinations just uh, defeat himself? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of places to go with it, and I think you're right saying every incarnation's in the book. Uh, yeah, there's there's at least fourteen different masters. So we've got a couple of writers who've who've uh, invented their own, and, and they're fantastic, and it'd be nice to see them on the screen. Um, but yeah, 
and and that idea originally it was just sort of a thematic thing really that that, that would be the the USP of the book that the Doctor wouldn't feature. But then I thought, well, perhaps it, that we could bring in a kind of narrative reason for it and kind of something, although each story is is self-contained and you could feasibly read the book in any order you like, um, uh, I came up with the idea of making sure the book ended as it began with the kind of scenario of setting up this the fact that they, that they don't cross paths and, and how that might affect the master. Um, and then I thought to myself, how, how far is the master's evil um, down to his obsession with the doctor? And if you take the doctor out of the equation, how does that change the master? And so some of those questions are addressed in, in, in certainly the, the last um, the, 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 the last story in, in the collection. Um, which I had fun with. Does so. it? That's uh, you've got two um, two contributions in here as well. So your other story is um, conversion therapy. Yeah, that was the original uh, idea that I came up with about three years ago. Um, so I actually wrote my two stories three years apart, and you can probably see the, the change in my style, and perhaps because I'm still learning, I'm still quite you know a new writer, mm-hmm. and uh, I was quite humbled to be editing the work of much more experienced writers than me. And, and I learned a lot through doing that. Um, but yeah, the, the conversion therapy, the, the first story, um, I was always intrigued by Peter Pratt's master and, and that, that incredible performance in The Deadly Assassin, one of my all-time favorites as, growing up as a child. Um, and I just came up with this thought, well, what if that was his last resort to go back to Gallifrey to get those new regenerations he was after? What if he'd come up with some other ideas first because he really didn't want to go back to Gallifrey, the last place he'd, he'd want to go to? Um, and then I thought, Cybermen, cyber conversion, possibly. And so I kind of teased that idea, and there's a little twist in that story as well. But, yeah. I, I do like coming up with the ideas and then kind of putting it down on, on paper is, is, is the, the, the bigger challenge as a writer, which I'm learning to do. But I, I'm, you know, the imagination and the creativity of, of everyone involved is has blown my mind. It's fantastic. And uh, uh, if, if people pick up a copy, they'll, they'll find something for every taste, I think. So it, it's, it's a nice selection. Yeah, so some of the other um, writers in there have got um, Chris McKeon, who uh, regularly listens to the podcast and has been on here a couple of times and has written the the final game, which is the the fan yes. audio sort of uh, kind of um, final meeting between Roger Delgado's master and, and John Pertwee's yes. doctor. Uh, the first three episodes of that are out at the moment, and um, I'll put a link in the show notes that they were worth tracking down. Excellent. Yeah, that's good. It's good to encourage all of, all of that, and, and quite a few people involved in masterpieces uh, who have been helping on that project and over that. So uh, it's a uh, it's exciting to see the master taking over yeah. the internet and taking over the airwaves. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, as I say, it just, just seemed really, really well-timed, doesn't it? Um, mm. And then Scott Clarenbold, who she, um, came up with the, the idea in the first place, um, his story is about like kind of probably one of the most niche incarnations of the master is the boy master that we saw in The Sound of Drums very briefly. Yes, uh, and that, that's a lovely, lovely story that, that, that Scott's come up with there. And, um, and yeah, we've, we've uh, actually attributed the book to all those incarnations of the master who've sadly passed away. And, 
and 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 sadly that's uh, includes. Um, Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember this, his name now. This is oh William Hughes, isn't it? Yes, I think so. Yeah, just it's you know, that was a, a very sad to hear that that we heard that news while we were in the process of still writing and putting the book together, and then of course very recently Terence Dix, um, the man with Barry Letts who came up with, with with the character in the first place. So we sadly added him to our list of dedications, but uh, we hope we've done them all proud. That's it. And a tribute to, to his vision and Roger Delgado's uh, performance that the, the characters, like the Doctor, really, that the, the characters lived on yes. um, to, uh, through so many different incarnations. And, and Big Finish have got their their own ones. They've got sort of uh, Alex McQueen, haven't they? And, uh, and yeah. ones that, that only exist in the Big Finish canon. That's uh, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've kind of gone with our own little continuity. There's some side steps and there's some uh, there's connections there. People want to make those connections. But, you know, we're an unlicensed charity um, publication. So we, we have to be careful how far we go with that. But, uh, of course, yeah. Or, you know, the proceeds are going to the Stroke Association, which is a, a charity I know that was close to Scott's heart mm-hmm. um, when, when he first set, set, set the project up. And I was... Very happy to um, keep that as, as as our charity. So, absolutely. Um, we've also got um, Stephen Hatcher in there as well, who's uh, mm-hmm. has contributed to uh, a lot of different anthologies and edits the uh, Cosmic Mask for for Dwas. Yes, yes. Uh, so he's come up with an ingenious little idea that will. Um, Please, uh, fans of, of the classic era, especially lots of cameos in that one, um, and another one of those stories that's not quite all, all as it seems. I mean, I, I love those kind of stories, and we've got quite a few in there. So, of course, you've taken on the, the Anthony Ainley Master and pitted him up against a very iconic character from that era, um, and it's it's another great piece, one of those stories that that you can just imagine seeing on screen. It would be fun to have seen that oh, thank you very much yes. it, again it's, um, it's the only the third thing I've ever written really so um, right. I, was, I was delighted that it was um, accepted into the, into the collection it was, uh, so very early on Scott was saying that the at that point hadn't had anything for the Anthony and the Master that's so, right it was, I was surprised really when, when uh, Scott handed it over to me he, he, I think there was about 10 or 11 pieces that had been completed and some of them needed to be, I think they hadn't been edited yet, so there was a fair bit of work still to do on them, but he'd already got, so I'd already had a good start, you know, a foundation. Um, but yeah, that, that incarnation, he'd not had um, anything in for that one. The popular one was the Peter Pratt one that, that I'd written for, <laughs> and Missy was was a, was a popular choice in the pictures, I know. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were very keen to go with Missy. We've got two stories in with Missy. One from Nathan Mullins and Cara Dennison, my co-worker uh, at Outrix Books, the little imprint that we set up mm-hmm. last year. Wonderful to hear the voices of, of Missy coming through in those stories and all the different masters. You can just get their distinctive voice. And I think that's why uh, one of the, the testaments to the, the actors involved, that, that you, can, you can hear them as, as you're writing, and it, and it makes that writing process so much easier. But yeah, so I had to put out a call. I approached 
rather than do an open call, um, I approached some writers that I'd worked on in the past and writers that I knew knew of and people that had been recommended to me. Um, so we have a number of people that, that joined up later on who'd read for Seasons of War, which is the first project I was involved in fiction-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lee Rawlings, Simon Barrett, um, they, they, and Dan Barrett all, all became involved in Sammy Kelsch. Um, so quite a, uh, it's a it's a good list of names, um, and uh, yeah, I, I I asked them if they'd do a specific master just to make sure we had a good balance. So uh, so we had uh, for all the main televised masters we had two stories for each of those um, to give it that balance. So uh, but yes, um, yourself and John Arnold wrote the other. Um, Anthony Ainley's story, and he, like you, has included another character from that era, an iconic character, and and I think that's really fitting for Delgado, uh, for for um, Anthony Ainley's master, because he, you know, he he actually had had the odd companion. He, he had he had Adric for a while, didn't he? Yeah, as as his companion and uh, and chameleon. So uh, yeah, and, but he works very good with those other characters from that era. So. Yeah. Uh, and for me, that was the first master that I saw on on, on TV as well. Right, um, right. I, I only started watching with season twenty five, um, and between sort of season twenty five being broadcast and season twenty six, right. I read so many Target books that <laughs> once I got to the cliffhanger of Survival Episode One, um, yeah. despite never having seen him on TV before, I got well, that must be the master because um, immediately the uh, I think the chuckle and the beard and everything like that. So uh, I'd. Um, yeah, I immediately recognised him, and I, and it, it's probably still my favourite story for that for that incarnation. Um, right, it's, uh, it's fantastic. What about, who was the first one you saw on TV? Uh, it, it would have been the Deadly Assassin and Peter Pratt. When I was very very tiny, I would have seen Delgado, no doubt, but I don't recall that. I've, my first memory of a whole dot two story is the Time Warrior, so it was after Delgado had sadly died. Um, but I would have seen the couple when I was very tiny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so weirdly, when when I watched the Deadly Assassin, I knew who the master was. I mean, I hadn't I hadn't read Doctor Who magazine or anything like that. Um, I don't know if it was even out then, was it? It was around about that time, wasn't it? Um, so, but but I knew of the master. So, yeah, but that that's that's my first master story, the Deadly Assassin. Yeah, and that's his funny uh, there. So we both end up writing for the. Um, yes, for the isn't that interesting? We saw, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's it's a wonderful character, and the, there's lots of room to explore it, and and it's it's something we're seeing a lot a lot now, isn't it? To focus on the villain, the, the Joker movie that's come out recently. And, yeah, of course. Yeah, and the Suicide Squad is the other sort of DC thing, isn't it? Very much focusing on the villains there. And um, Anthony Horowitz with um, all that he's done with Moriarty. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Big Finish do the the uh, the War Master, don't they? The the box sets with um, Derek Jacobi. With Derek Jacobi, yes. Now he he his he actually has two masters. He's got the Shalka Master and the War Master. So both of those feature. In our book, so it, it was. There some fun stories. Yeah, he's um, he's so so good in those um, the big finishes. Um, I feel really lucky that we've got an actor of that caliber who's so uh, willing to do it as well. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, it seems really proud of the character. I saw him on um, Celebrity Eggheads. Uh, right. And they, they talked about his iconic role, you know, sort of I Claudius and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. And he said, yeah, I'm Doctor Who. I was the master in Doctor Who. That's so, sick. Uh, yeah. so, yeah, yeah, great that he's got that passion for the, for the part as well. Yes, so we have um, Sir John Hurd as the war master, uh, the war doctor, and Derek Jacob is a war master. You can't get better than that. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic. So the the book is out in a paperback edition at the moment. It's available from Amazon in paperback. We are working on on the ebook. I've had a few technical issues with that, but we're getting around that. So that there'll be an ebook version that we'll we'll be bringing out direct through Altrix Books. But the Amazon one is out. Uh, Twelve ninety nine, I think is the price. Although it's already been reduced a bit, save a little bit of money. But yeah, we hope we raise a good good amount for the charity. That's the main reason for doing this. So. Yeah, it's a great because I've ordered my copy. Uh, they tried to deliver it today, but um, <laughs> because I'd ordered the the sill spin off, uh, the package is too big, so I need to go to the sorting office right. in the morning and uh, and pick that up. So uh, look yeah. forward to that over the weekend. I'll be able to enjoy both of those. Excellent. It's great, and then um, I'll, so I'll put links in the show notes where you can order the book from, um, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously we'll uh, we'll share any tweets once the, once the ebook's available. Fantastic, excellent, and we'd love to hear everyone's feedback on it um, on Goodreads or Amazon wherever. If you if you want to post a review, um, it'd be good to uh, encourage all our writers who've been involved, busily working away on that. Um, definitely, definitely. Cool. Well, thank you very much for joining me. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Join me next time on the Track One podcast. Denise Sutton will be my guest, and we'll be reviewing the big finish story, Max Warp, on the day of its vinyl release. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. (laughs) 